Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Kid Friday edition of Morning Footy. My name is Chris Whittingham. I'm here with Nico Cantor, with Jenny Chu, with Charlie Davies, and Alexis Guerreros. Ooh. As we have a lot, I had to roll my arms for you. I had to roll my arms for you. I thought I was in trouble. The number of times <laughs> I heard this morning, I grew up in a Cuban household. I had to roll your arms for you. Yes, thank you, Alexis yes. Guerreros. Guerreros. As we have a lot to get to, of course, we are on the eve of the European season, starting in England, in Spain, and in France. We got domestic cups in Italy and Germany as well and of course we're halfway through the Women's World Cup quarterfinal but we had the first two quarterfinals last night and early this morning and we'll start first with here the scores Spain beating the Netherlands eventually in extra time Japan who are the top goal scorers of the tournament going out to Sweden by two goals to one getting a late one in the 88th minute but with the 10 minutes of stoppage time unable to get the winner in that one, so it's Sweden and Spain who will play in the semifinals of the Women's World Cup as we can have a look at the highlights now from the Spain match. And here's the winning goal. This is Sama Parayuelo, and we've seen her do this with Barca. And once she gets on that left foot, it, it was game over. She got the defender wrong-footed and goes across her body far post. It's perfectly hit off the, the far post and you can't stop that. I mean, we, I was surprised she didn't get the start. Yeah. But you have to give a lot of credit in the way that the Netherlands played. They, I think they were robbed in a way because the referee gave a penalty kick, then overturned it through VAR, which Nico, Nico and Jenny, we all watched this game together. We were, we were arguing that this should be a red card because the defender didn't make an attempt to play the ball. It was the last man. And not only did she re take, take it away, now she the game is the even and, and rescinded the penalty, which, which is crazy to me because yeah. there's yeah. clear and obvious evidence that the defender made contact with Berenstein behind. So the contact's there. The foul's given. How can you say with, with clarity, 100% clarity, that it's clear and evident that this is a foul? Uh, an error, an error. error in judgment by the referee. How? It's impossible. It is, it, it is absolutely impossible to overturn that call because it's a clear breakaway. There's a, a couple of defensive mistakes in that, in that instance. But when the foul's given, hmm. she pushes her from behind. behind. It's a foul. She's not How even playing the ball. How can you say that there's no foul? But the referee does go to the monitor and has yeah, a look herself. Which is, which is the that's the craziest part. But I think the, the, the reason why she was brought to the monitor, I think, was to give a red card and, and not a yellow card. And instead, she overturned the, the call penalty. on the pitch. So oh. it took her a while to blow the whistle, too. So there was yeah. a moment when I don't think that she thought that that was it, and then someone must have told her May, to check maybe it. Maybe lineswoman, the AR. Because the VAR yeah. can't in, go right. in, into her ear. So the AR said, hey, 
No, that's a foul. And she was in pushed. unison, we were all penalty, penalty possible red, red card. card. Um, you know who else deserves a lot of credit for, for the, in this Spain-Netherlands matchup? Jenny Chu. Because yesterday, she said that Paraguelo could be the game changer to beat the Netherlands. <laughs> Jenny Hermoso with a nice play. And Jenny Chu with the Hermoso take wow. right to Paraguelo. And Paraguelo uh, sentenced I did Sweden. say that. I, did say. I didn't say that. I didn't sub. I, I never said you didn't say that. No, I, I forgot. I forgot. I forgot to give myself Remember when credit. you told me she didn't say it? No, I'm kidding. Uh, but to come in as a sub and to be that influential, score the winning goal, I mean, that's got to be huge. A huge bump for her career. Young, influential, obviously plays incredibly well at Barcelona. This is a big moment. World Cup game-winning goal. And, Huge. And we knew the Netherlands, given that both these teams are capable of keeping the ball for long periods of time. Possession, good, good technical ability. But the Netherlands conceded possession to, to, to Spain. Yeah. But they committed 22 fouls oh. to seven, which means we're just going to break it up. We're not going to give you the time and space to just... To just Dwell on the ball and pick your head up and pick and choose. We're going to disrupt you. And, and they did it, and they did a fantastic job. And, of yes. course, Spain weren't clinical in those moments they need to, especially in the early first half. Early in the match. I mean, yeah. early, in the first 20 minutes, Spain should have capitalized on something. There was three, four chances that they mm -hmm. absolutely should have put away, and they didn't. And then I thought Netherlands is going to take this because of that. And then Paraguelos comes but and changes the Netherlands almost in that final third throughout the game had numerical superiority. It was Jenny Hermoso trying to combine with a one-two and she didn't have that many teammates surrounding her. Netherlands did a great job of getting women behind the ball and around Spanish opposition. And it was organized and we almost felt like they were gonna get, that they were getting robbed because of that no penalty um, call. And then they end up getting the equalizer towards the 90th minute, and it was like, okay, justice this is fair. sort of prevailed, right? <laughs> yeah, bold on lie. They still have to play 11 on 11, though, because we felt like that should have been a sending off, and crazy enough, it e wasn't. Esther Gonzalez just missed a number of chances mm. in, in that first half. But um, as good as a take as it was for you to predict Spain upsetting Netherlands, Let's swap it over to my, my Svenska team. Huh? Oh, goodness. <laughs> because Japan took an L. Yeah, big one. To, to this right here, Amanda Ilstadt. And we talked about it. Oh, goodness. Set pieces, set pieces, set pieces. And that's, it wasn't directly off the set pieces. That's, where, still put it that's where Sweden were going to cause problems. Mm -hmm. And Amanda Ilstedt, she scored four goals as a center back. Now, and then this one, again, they a get penalty. They get penalty call off a handball. Off a handball, off a set piece. Mm. And so... They go up 2-0. Japan did not have a shot until the 68th minute of this game. But that goes credit to Sweden, figuring out how to make it very difficult for them. Because Japan has shown how they, great they are, and Sweden figured it out. You were convinced. Yeah. Oh, my gosh, I know. You were convinced. Know. Japan's the best. No, no, is, but Japan, Japan today Japan, was not on it. it was, but Japan it was, gave up one goal all competition before this. Uh -huh. They were beasts. I get why I, I had them going, uh, winning in this game. I think all the credit goes to Peter Gerhards, and I hope I pronounced that correctly, the uh, coach for uh, Sweden. <laughs> if not, I apologize. I'll send a letter to your family. Uh, the, he completely figured out how to derail what Japan yes. wanted mm -hmm. to do. And I had been impressed with Japan all competition as a counter-attacking team. And then they showed, given possession, they could still find a way oh. to hurt you. I thought they were balanced mm. and out of nowhere. Interesting. I, I, I'm not so surprised that Japan conceded <laughs> twice in a quarterfinal 
I'm more surprised that they struggled to score throughout the entire game because they went, they went out there, <clears throat> they implemented what they wanted to do, they kept possession. They were playing very nice football, but then when they got towards the Swedish Wait, goal, who? they couldn't shoot. Japan. That's called tactics. Yeah, Why are you surprised? It's called tactics. Sweden, they couldn't get this a shot. Is that not surprising? This is a tactical masterclass well, from Sweden. Great for really them, is. but it, it's, it's surprising so that they did it against Japan. Here we are, quarterfinals of the World Cup. And guess what? Both semifinals, managers came with a tactical game plan. Not just run, throwing out team and saying, Go out and play. <laughs> okay, but yes, I agree. Sweden was that no world was, was wonderful uh, in making it very difficult for Japan. But you have to take notice that Japan missed a penalty kick, which would have equalized. And then they score again, and then they were crying before the game ends. So they had already given up, and there was still 15, uh, 20 minutes left. A, I thought a that was a bit difficult. Like, you're 2-1, to one and you still have an opportunity, but you've already thought that you've lost. That frustrated me quite a bit. Yeah, the mentality wasn't there. And, and I think Japan at times throughout this tournament has taken advantage of opposition mistakes, and Sweden on the day just didn't make any. And I think that's it, it was really the, was the difference in the game. It probably was the first time, if I'm not mistaken, that ja Japan was trailing. Mm -hmm. it, the game plan works great for Japan when you're patient, it's still 0-0, you can work the ball. They, they don't lose their cool because they treat the ball really well. They, they know they're really good in possession, and they have that space in behind. But when you're trailing, it's a whole different beast. There was no space and, in and, behind. And they, for, and they, and they couldn't handle no space. it. Yeah, yeah. And, and it was, Eriksson and Illestet, as center backs with Musovic in goal, it's just super tough to break them yeah. down. And, and they had said, we're going to not give you any space in behind. Let's see what you can do. And we're going to close you down right away when you get around 25 yards from our goal. And it worked to perfection until then the end, Japan started to come alive. It was too late. More Women's World Cup, a discussion to come later on here on this edition of Morning Footy. But coming up next, Jenny Chu has got our headlines. Plenty of transfer stories to discuss here on Morning Footy. This is Morning Footy presented by Degree. It won't let you down. Now, not the only knockout tournament in the world last night was the Women's World Cup. And so we had Copa Libertadores. Here's how the quarterfinal stage looks. Nico, we had a remontada. And we also had a big upset, Olympia over Flamengo. La Toxica in the quarterfinals. And there have been some massive upsets, including, like you mentioned, Woody, Olympia from Paraguay beating Flamengo, the defending champs of this tournament. They've won it twice in the last four years. Olympia from Paraguay, the Defensores del Chaco, was absolutely stunning. They had gone down in the eighth minute, 2-0 on aggregate, they were trailing, and then they scored three unanswered goals to end up winning it. And look, the bracket is shaping up because for those hopeful teams that remain in the Copa Libertadores, <laughs> River is gone. Atletico Paranaense, who's a finalist last year, is gone, and now Flamengo is gone. For those who don't know, uh, Olympia from Paraguay beating Flamengo from Brazil, a huge club. What are the, what is the, what are the equivalents in maybe like Europe? Hmm. It would be like a team in Europa from... League. Being a Champions League team. Like uh, Ludo Goretz? No, a little no, bit more. A little bit more. What about yeah, like, yeah. like Anderlecht beating okay, someone like Manchester City? Yeah. Like a Belgian Anderlecht club. Anderlecht has some right. European history. Olympia does too, right? Right. It's right. a competition. Yeah, they got some. Olympiacos beating... More, more. Like a... 
Like a Portuguese or like a Dutch team beating a, 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 the Raul okay, Braga. Braga or okay. Benfica? Braga. Braga. Sporting. Let's call it Sporting Club de Portugal beating beating Real Madrid in the Champions League. So Sheriff. Sheriff beating Real Madrid. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> we were so close to getting yeah. the analogy right. All right. So close. We have a lot of headlines this morning around the world of transfers. Let's go to Jenny Chu. Thanks, Chris. This is a big day. Liverpool has reportedly jumped ahead of Chelsea for one of the most sought-after midfielders of the summer transfer window, but the race for Moises Caicedo is far from over. Liverpool making a record-breaking $141 million bid for Caicedo's last night, a British transfer record amount, but the latest reports out of England suggest Caicedo wants to join Chelsea, which is setting up Mm. another complicated transfer battle. Drama. Drama. In other transfer news, Real Madrid is scrambling for a goalkeeper after Thibaut Courtois tore his ACL and while David De Gea and Kaylor Navas were initially mentioned as possible replacements, another option has emerged as a strong possibility. According to a report by ESPN, Sevilla and Morocco goalkeeper Yassin Bono is Real Madrid's preferred option to bring in as their new starter. Bono has spent four seasons at Sevilla, helping them win a pair of Europa League titles, but he would be more expensive than Navas or De Gea, who is a free agent after leaving Manchester United. In Women's World Cup news, England plays Colombia in Saturday's quarterfinal and the Lionesses will be without Lauren James, who had her red card suspension extended by a match. FIFA announced a two-match ban for the young England star after James stepped on Nigerian player Michelle Alozier in their round of 16 win. The, sp- the suspension means that James would not be eligible to return until the World Cup final if England does get that far. News on an American abroad. U.S. men's national team midfielder Malik Tillman has officially completed his loan move to Dutch Giants PSV, where he joins fellow American Ricardo Pepe. Tillman is fresh off a breakout best 11 season on loan with Scottish powerhouse Rangers and is joining PSV after signing a new contract with Bayern Munich that will run through 2026. And speaking of Bayern, the German champions have moved a major step closer to landing their top transfer target, with Bayern and Tottenham reaching an agreement last night on a transfer for Harry Kane. The English striker is scheduled to travel to Munich today for his medical, though reports to Sky Sports Germany, through reports, excuse me, Kane's travel to Munich this morning had been held up temporarily by Tottenham, attempting to make minor adjustments to the deal. Those changes have reportedly been made, clearing the way for Kane to travel to Germany to complete his reportedly $127 million transfer. Charlie, this transfer saga is almost over. We've been talking about it for days now. And if Bayern does get his striker, does Kane make this Bayern team a Champions League winning team? In my opinion, yes. You you get Harry Kane with this Bayern Munich side with Thomas Tuchel, this team automatically vaults to one of the top teams in in Europe. Because last year they had a complete team. They just were missing a nine. They, They have all the wingers. They have all the creative players. But they just didn't have a goal scorer. And now if you bring Harry Kane, considering he's a complete striker, I think not only can, is he going to score goals like Lewandowski did in, in, in the, the, the Bundesliga, but I think more importantly, he gets the whole team better, especially in the attacking third. So that would be my favorite for Champions League if, if this deal go, does go through for, for Harry Kane. Underrated his ability to, to, to link up as well. That's going to make that, that front... The, the forwards on that team just incredibly, incredibly dangerous. It's really now just sits at the foot of Thomas Tuchel. Can he give it the stability and the plan to win Champions League? Think, that is it. Think about it. Musiala playing oh. underneath or around Harry Serge Kane. Serge even yeah. floating around. Leroy Sané? Sorry? Leroy Sané? Leroy Sané. How about Alfonso Davies? Kingsley Coleman. Oh, my God. I mean, yeah. they have depth on the wings. And... 
It always had it. They have youth. I just think that this Dortmund, uh, Bayern Munich side will be flying with Harry Kane in, in the team. Um, how much money would you put on Harry Kane being the bomber in the Bundesliga top goal scorer this season? I, I would bet the house. House? I would bet the okay, house. Okay, honestly. But he's got, uh, give, he's give got me an enormous favorite, like, would, though, you put, he would you put, <laughs> I, I put like a grand on Harry Kane being But like Harry Kane's got to be minus 500 or minus 600 uh, a, a to be grand? A, is it, yeah. a grand will get a payout of... 200 bucks. 200 bucks? He'll be the overall Ten favorite on Harry Kane. <laughs> <laughs> that's, 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 that's how it's going to be. He'll be, he'll be competing with Randall Colomwani. Yeah. But, but quickly, before, before we'll get to a full Premier League preview later, for, each. for Tottenham, now that this is finally reality, presumably Richarlison goes up front, mm -hmm. but how much of a setback is it that now officially he's going to go. Well, I, don't think, I don't think it's a setback. And the reason I don't think it's a setback is he ushered them into – now let me explain. He ushered them into the era of a new stadium and now starts that rebuild. Arsenal went through the same thing when they switched from Highbury to Emirates. You had to do a bit of a rebuild. Mm -hmm. Now starts that – and they have a massive purse to go out and buy. This was going to end one of two ways. Either he leaves today or leaves in a year for free. Right. This was the best result. Yeah, for but he's leaving two days before the season begins. And, and it, it puts you in a scramble as opposed to – um, come December, you can already start planning who your replacement can be. Now Tottenham need to go out there. They're going to be desperate to sign. And whoever they sign, that club is going to know that Spurs is de desperate to sign. So they're going to hike up that price. And the expectation, oh, yeah, the expectation is going to be the roof of that player. And who, who, which top striker that can somewhat replace the quota of goals and what None. Perry Kane brings to the table in your buildup, in the way that the team links up going forward is out on the market right now. Is Richar Richarlison is Brazil's number nine. Mm -hmm. is, is that not good enough? No. Richarlison, man. He's not, he, so he's, not, he's not good enough for Brazil's number nine. Also true. But Chris, to, to your point, I think when you have a... We've seen Richarlison have success in the Premier League. I, I think this is a, a season where he could have that redemption and surprise a lot of people playing as the nine at Tottenham. It would be a surprise. It, it's a tall task. It's yeah. a tall task. But no, but no one person is going to replace the output of a Harry Kane. But you've for got sure, now for sure hundred what hundred and ten million dollars. What what was the? It was one hundred ten million pounds. You had now to do you it. Have, for, you had to do it as a club. You had to do you it. You had to do this it. This was the but the most positive way for this saga to end was you getting a massive amount of money. You sold a player with one year left on his contract for over hundred million. But it's a massive setback for the the but team that was on the pitch anyway. No, it's not. That's going to happen anyway. You could have kept him for a year. Hypothetically, you keep him for a year. And what, do you think they win a trophy that year with a brand new Hypothetically, coach? you keep him for a year. Who's to say that Ange Postacoglu doesn't get this team to get back in Champions League? If you get back in Champions League, you're telling me you couldn't make a pitch to keep Harry Kane? Again? If you've impressed him? Again? Yes. That, would, that was what they were banking on if he didn't go and to it, Bayern. That, that's what would have happened. You knew that wasn't going to happen. He already signed a six-year deal and didn't get it. This is his last big contract. He was not going to commit his future to this team. You never and if know. He did, that's it would have been we're a continued failure. We're saying hypothetically, if he stayed and they that's did not sell him, if. That, is, that would be the that, plan. That's what Tottenham wanted to do. Yeah. That it was their and plan. You, and, and obviously it didn't work. Yeah, because a lot of people, stakeholders in that club said, you better Make this sale, Daniel yeah, Levy. because they were smarter than Daniel Levy. <laughs> Alexa sounds like uh, Jonah Hill and Moneyball right now. We have to replace Giambi. Yeah, we yeah, can't yeah. do it with one guy. We've got to do it in the aggregate. Thank you. 
Moneyball, baby. And that's uh, what Tottenham have to do now, find a way to replace Harry Kane. Now, there's one person in particular who is happiest to see the back of Harry Kane, and that is Alan Shearer, the <laughs> Premier League all-time record goal scorer. He's got the private plane ready to take him off to Europe so that Kane cannot break his record. We're breaking down the Premier League, which starts today with Burnley and Manchester City. Full weekend of action to come, and we're talking some EPL next. This is Morning of Footy, getting you ready for the Premier League, which gets started today with Manchester City taking on Burnley on USA from 3 p.m. And then tomorrow, get started early in the morning. Nothing like the early kickoff. There's a Women's World Cup game at 6.30 as well. So it goes right into Arsenal and Nottingham Forest for Alexis's Gunners. And then Bournemouth, West Ham, Brighton, Luton getting started away from home. Sheffield United will entertain Crystal Palace. Fulham away at Everton. And an interesting one in the 12.30 kickoff with Newcastle taking on Aston Villa. And then on Sunday, the debut for Spurs, presumably without Harry Kane in this one, away at Brentford. And then Chelsea taking on Liverpool. Manchester United and Wolves is the Monday kickoff. But we want to start with the game that opens it all. Today, Manchester City taking on Burnley. Vincent Company managing its first game in the Premier League, and he's managing against his former team. And so we see this Burnley team come up. They dominated in the championship, 101 points. But what a way for him to start his managerial career against his former team. Unbelievable. It's uh, going to be a little bit like a David Goliath matchup in Manchester City have taken their back-to-back-to-back-to-back Premier League title search very seriously with the acquisitions that they've made. And uh, for Burnley, with company, he spent 11 seasons at Manchester City. I don't need to give it his his resume. But um, they've brought in a couple of players that could be difference makers for, for Burnley. 75 million pounds in total, and I want to focus on Zeki Amdouni. We saw him in European football as we covered that throughout the entire season. Um, Basel. And, and he is he was a, a difference maker in, in the Conference League, but um, hopefully he can do it in the Premier League. He, he's got something. So they come, they come in reinforced. I don't, I don't think they'll get it done at Turf Moor, but... Um, yeah. Manchester City, it's, it's a big season for them. Again. The important thing to note is that this is not your grandfather's Burnley in the sense no. that they're not playing direct, they're not playing long balls and big center forwards to receive. They're going to keep the ball on the ground. From day one last year, they kept 70% possession against Huddersfield and then used that possession-based style to dominate the championship. But the question is, taking that style up a level when you're going against presumably better teams is going to be difficult. It is going to be difficult. Uh, but... In terms of a young manager who's given this squad belief, this is where you, you go out and you try and implement different styles. Now, if you go out against Manchester City, you also know you have to concede possession at times. Mm-hmm. At and times. So, yeah. At, <laughs> throughout the majority of the game. Yes. <laughs> so so how, how, how do you adjust? Because you, you obviously, as a, as a team, try, are going to try and keep possession and play your game. Right. Can you play out of pressure? Can you play in tight spaces? This is going to be one of those come to Jesus moments for, for Burnley because you're playing against the absolute best team in the Premier League to start off to see where your team is. It's a, it's a good measuring stick to say, okay, maybe against the top six, top eight, we have to change exactly how we play. And so I'm interested to see what kind of tactics Burnley st- comes out against Manchester City. Maybe they don't. I'm thinking back to, it's, it's obviously two different styles of, of football, but 
it's more along the lines of, of changing your identity. Remember when Leeds played their first game in the Prem when they were back against Liverpool and maybe Bielsa could have taken a different approach, but he didn't because he knew that Bielsa ball, that high intensity, was the best that he could get out of this group. And he took it to Liverpool. They lost 4-3, but they lost 4-3. Four, four, three, three. Yeah. It was a fiery game. Maybe it would be awesome to see Burnley not change so much their identity. And when they do get the ball, it's going to be extraordinarily difficult. But it would they be awesome to, for them. Well, to this is a good test for Vincent Company to, to see what identity. type of manager he is in terms of in-game management. Because you can have a game plan. You have to adapt. I think this is actually, always, right? You, in football, you always have to adapt. I think this is actually going to be a bad example of that. Because I think, to your point, when Marcelo Bielsa came in, you got to make a statement. You know, Burnley switching from the old way. It's not even your grandfather's. It's not your uncle's, Burnley. <laughs> it was not that long ago that they were just hoofing it up and praying. You know, they were basically playing the 2-3-5. It was horrific. But, uh, you know, he came in and changed them. Which, again, this is Burnley. They were like the prototypical, you know, uh, Route 1 team. That's like me showing up with abs after this vacation. It's a complete <laughs> shift. Everything changes. So for him to do that, you have to go into Manchester City, a team you play for, a team you understand. I understand those tactics well enough to be able to institute it in a team like Burnley and make it work to win in the championship. You have to go out there and make a statement. You have to play your style. You lose or you win. It doesn't matter. You have to play your way. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be bad. How are you going to do that to Burnley? Huh? What, you think B-Wabs <laughs> is that bad? You think B-Wabs is that bad? Yeah. They, That's how big of a change it is. They have, the, they have the abs now. They got their abs in the championship, but can, yeah. they, can they withstand the Premier League is the question. And really, it would have been nice to see them against any other of the 18 teams. It's, it's against a, Manchester it's City. It's a very difficult introduction to Nigh on uh, impossible. The but the game of the weekend, no doubt, is Liverpool taking on at Chelsea. I guess we'll brand this the Moises Caicedo derby for now as those two clubs are fighting for the Ecuadorian midfielder. But the difficulty, Alexis, is that these are two teams that are looking for a bounce back. And one of them is, or perhaps both of them, are not going to get the result they want on the opening day. I think it, while both the teams want a much better season this year, and, and certainly if you're Liverpool, you know, you're in Europa, you find a way to get into Europe. If you're Chelsea, you're in the mud. Uh, you're not in Europe at all. But this is, you know, a start of a new manager. And I think Chelsea has always had a shorter leash. What are you laughing at? No, I'm just... I'm, you I'm picture me with abs? No. <laughs> I'm, li I'm listening to you cook. Okay. Uh, if you're Chelsea, your fan base, maybe your ownership has a little bit of a longer leash now and you're not going to fire a manager every year and a half, but your fan base ain't ready for that yet. So I think if you're Chelsea, you need to make a statement. You have to come out and you have to play well. You cannot let Liverpool take it to you. That's one of the things I learned about Chelsea. I, I worked for them for two years. Their fan, that, that fan base only cares about results. Yeah. The, you can well, say, well, the, 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 the style of football is made. They don't care about the style of football. There are certain fan bases where you have to do it in a certain way. Chelsea is just, Pochettino, you can play all the nice football. You can develop all the players you want. Win me games. The thing with Pochettino, though, that's different as opposed to the other managers that were there before, maybe Thomas Tuchel. I don't know if he's even the exception because in the Premier League, Mauricio Pochettino has already earned the respect around the league. Why are you looking at me like that? Just because he's a Spurs, he was a former no, Spurs, he's highly regarded in the soccer community. But with, in, with no trophies. That's what I'm saying. Trophies, no trophies, 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 he knows how Chelsea to is a trophies club. Yes. Right. He, he took Spurs he to a Champions, Champions League final. final. And did what? And it doesn't matter, but he took got the, there. That's that, it, the that's, that's very resultist. You're looking at it from a result. He just from, said that's that's Chelsea are. And, and, this is, and this is what I'm getting at. If you're a Chelsea fan, and 
with Spurs, he got results. He would win a lot. He didn't win trophies immediately. But if now, with a different context, Chelsea don't a care better about setup, wins, they, want, they trophies. want trophies. Exactly. But now Pochettino has the tools to win trophies. you got to be a little bit more patient than you were with the other managers because Pochettino has shown that he's a top-quality manager. And he, given the right context, he must get it done. But there needs to be a little bit more patience This is than before. football, not the ballet. I don't care how beautiful it is. It's about the results. <laughs> Well, and also Chelsea has spent nine hundred million in the last two windows. It's it's a crazy amount of money Why that they spent as now? well. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, apparently they're gonna be competing with Liverpool for Caicedo. They're not gonna give up. They gotta they gotta step their bid up. And if, if you're Caicedo and and you're you've had your heart set on going to London, if it's not Arsenal, then it's Chelsea, and now Liverpool comes over the top, you're I think by reports it's I'm waiting for Chelsea to match that. Hmm. If if you've gone to hundred, why not? match Liverpool's offer so I can because I guess the personal terms have already been agreed upon that would be something if, and if Chelsea does for that. Liverpool it shows how desperate they are at the moment Klopp has never done business like this yeah he spent top for top players like Virgil van Dijk and Allison. Darwin Nunez is a little bit of an exception but never so rash and erratic like this getting into a bidding war their midfield is thin and this bidding war has shown that yeah, and Chelsea could potentially have $200 million midfielders in their team. Maybe not at the weekend, but soon, as it's not the only thing getting started this weekend in the Premier League. Other European leagues getting started in Spain and in France. We've got some cup competitions as well coming up in Germany and in Italy. We're breaking down the rest of Europe next on Morning Footy. Morning Footy is presented by Degree. It won't let you down. Talked about the Premier League. Also, La Liga getting started with a new logo and everything this weekend. Sevilla taking on Valencia. Today is the 4 o'clock kickoff. We have an ABC match tomorrow from 3.30 as Real Madrid are away at Athletic Club. Their first match without Tibor Courtois. Barcelona away at Getafe. Atlético Madrid taking on Granada on Monday in the 3.30 kickoff. That is the shape of La Liga this weekend. And, Charlie, your, your pick of the bunch is the game today. Yes. Sevilla Valencia. No. Oh, forgive me. Villarreal. Villarreal. Betis. Yes. Uh, I think Villarreal, they're in a, a little bit of a difficult position given how much they've, they've sold. And, and Paul Torres to Aston Villa, Nico mm. Jackson to Chelsea, got Samuel Chukwueze. Uh, 33 million, 37 million, and 20 million euros. Gone. But they have Alex Baena in midfield, who I think is uh, very talented, and, and Pino on the, on the wing, Diaz on the wing, and, and Gerard Moreno up top. And Ben, ben Bredenton also, the Chilean Englishman. And, and Pedraza is the left back, who, who's super solid. Villarreal, I think, is, is still going to continue to be a, a, a top team in La Liga, whereas Betis, I, I don't think they're going to have enough to continue to, to be in that upper echelon of La Liga this season. I just don't think they have enough attacking talent because last year they, they only managed to score 46 goals. Now, defensively, they were sharp, only conceding 41, but 46 goals... I, I just don't think that's going to keep them up around that, that top six for next season, for this season. Barcelona coming in as champions from last season. They'll try and defend their title yet again. But now it's not the only other European league getting started this weekend. Also, Ligue 1 in France and Alexis 
as his pick of the fixtures this weekend. Yeah, I'm looking at Nice versus Lille. Uh, a little bit of a drama going on over at Nice. It's not so nice over at Nice. Hey. Uh, looking like the uh, goalkeeper drama. You might remember Casper Schmeichel of uh, Leicester fame uh, switched over to uh, to the French league. Uh, was playing in Nice. They were told at the beginning of the season or towards uh, in the summer that the backup will not be kept. So whoever starts will be, will be the only keeper kept out of the top two. So the third uh, third string keeper is staying. And it looks like it is Marcin Bulka who wins out, uh, Polish keeper. And it looks like Kasper Schmeichel is not only not playing, not the starter, but also not playing, not part of the uh, the system. So it looks like he's getting some interest from uh, Premier League clubs, and we've seen some goalkeepers go down. Uh, so that's a, a big, big opportunity for Kasper Schmeichel possibly to get back into England. And if you're looking over at Lille, obviously the, the name for me that stands out is Jonathan Davies. Can he continue the goal scoring this season? Get off to a good start. Surprised he's still there? That Yes, and that was the point. I think it, this is an opportunity for him to get a look at potentially the club we were recently talking about in the last segment in Tottenham. Uh, he has been flirted mm. with other London, uh, other London clubs. I, you may not be able to replace the output of a, uh, of a Harry Kane, but a guy like Jonathan David... He's, a, he's an absolute number nine and a goal scorer. The kid's think, a bucket. I think he's surprised that he's still out yeah. there. And Lille has kept their goal-scoring task force, not only on Jonathan David, but uh, Remy Cabella and uh, Jonathan Bamba as well, plus added some young talent from Latin America, a kid from Gimnasia, I forget his name. Not pretty known, but uh, they went after a, a couple guys to, to reinforce and strengthen their squad. So um, they're looking good. They want to keep on going. They have a new manager, Didier Digard, who was their interim coach, managed them in, in European football last season also, uh, is out and they have this, <clears throat> excuse me, this Italian manager that I had never heard of. He was in Turkey before. had never managed outside of Turkey. Uh, Farioli is his last name. Um, let's see how he does. And PSG, of course, will try and win the league yet again, albeit without Messi and potentially without Neymar as well. He's been linked with all kinds of moves away and obviously Mbappe sticking around for another year, but not exactly going to be the nicest club, just like Nice Very earlier nice. on. There Very you go. Nice. Now, other European games going on this weekend. We have a German Super Cup as well to come this weekend. So you have Bayern Munich and RB Leipzig coming up. Wrexham in action. We mentioned it earlier. Nico wearing the AFC Wimbledon kit. They're taking on Wrexham in the Scottish Premier League. Rangers taking on Livingston and Celtic taking on Aberdeen in the Eredivisie PSV. And their new batch of Americans taking on Utrecht. You also have Feyenoord taking on Fortuna Sittard on Sunday. Nico, what's your pick of the bunch? I want to see the, the DFL Super Cup between Bayern and Leipzig. Just because Leipzig is, uh, they have Lois Openda and Bayern is Bayern. And you always want to kind of see the other teams in Germany find some success. And, and Leipzig has had cup success recently. That's why they're at this stage. So um, it'll, be, it'll be great to see how they do. Is Harry Kane in the stands for that match? We'll see. He's supposed to be flying to Munich to get his medical done today. So potentially a view of Harry Kane in the suites at the Allianz Arena. But it is Bayern Munich taking on Leipzig tomorrow and the German Super Cup. Plenty of great European action. It started. The club season is back. Coming up next, though, we're talking about the Women's World Cup. There will be a new champion of the Women's World Cup after Japan is knocked out this morning. We're breaking down Netherlands, Spain, and Japan, Sweden. Next. Next. 